0: Hello, and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. My name's Justin, I'll be your host today. I'll be joined in a minute by my friends, Dan and Jake. And we are three dads trying to become better dads by looking at the example God sets for us and then trying to parent our kids in the same way. Today's episode, we're gonna be continuing our conversation from last week where we started talking about ambition. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would recommend doing that first. Then at about the 27 minute mark, we get back into our debate over whether Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a better movie than The Dark Knight. So two pretty different topics to say the least. If you're interested in one, and not the other, feel free to skip the one you're not interested in. Let's go ahead and get started. So then off that, my question would be for you guys, I feel right now fairly ambitious, but I'm also at the same time pretty aware and I feel like this is God. I feel like this is the Holy Spirit doing this in my life, making me really aware of. I'm I'm very aware now of when that ambition slides into the negative. And then I, I'm struggling with the reality that that kind of paralyzes me a little bit, where it's like I'm ambitious and I'm I'm working towards something, working hard towards something, and then I feel like oh, but my motivation's off. And then so then I kind of am stuck in this place where I I think. So well, should I keep working from that negative ambition or should I stop and then sort out my ambitions, you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's more or less successful than others. And it's not always efficient. It's not always like just for me, it's not always like just take a moment and just pray for five minutes. And then all of a sudden my ambition is like reset, you know, it's like it goes several days and I'm, you know, I'm I'm caught up in the approval of others or wanting security for myself that kind of stuff, you know, and it's not, it's not a simple, like, oh, I just need to pray and get my heart right. It's like, no, there's literally something corrupt inside of me (laughs) that wants, that wants things from this world that I, that I, I know I need to want from God. Right. Which is great. And I totally get that. But when I'm in the middle of pursuing something that I really want, essentially, this is a, this has really come to light because of this podcast, because it's something that I really would like to be successful and I really enjoy doing, and it brings me a lot of energy and brings me a lot of life. But then I'm just so often, I so often realize like the reason it's not the reason why I started doing it, but the reason why I'm doing it on certain days is because like, I just, I want to feel successful. Like, I just want to feel good at something. And I want to have something that is like cool and worked. And I started and was good. And people like, and people look at me and be like, he's a successful person because he did this thing. And I know that is the exact opposite of, of the type of person that I want to be. But then it's like, so then, I, <laughs> so then I feel that way, and I'm like, that's a problem, and I don't want to feel that way. But I can't just like snap my fingers, right? Right now, I can't, I can't just change immediately. It's, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying, and I'm praying, and I'm journaling, and reading my, the Bible, and spending a lot of time with God about it, and that kind of stuff. But it's not just like a, go to God and He just like sanctifies my heart right away, which would be great. I, I just, that's just not, not where I'm at, because it's, because essentially it's touching on like some of the deepest insecurities and sin issues and lies that I, that I believe. Right. And I'd like for those to be healed immediately, but, but they're not. Uh, and I feel like that's what, I mean, I feel like when I've heard people talk about this, this kind of thing, they talk about it in the sense that they're like, when you find the thing that you want to do the most, that's when a lot of these things come to light, I guess, because you feel a lot of hunger and a lot of ambition for something when you find, find the thing you want. And it's easy oh, to kind of avoid awesome. those issues.
1: What? That's so interesting because I yeah. I don't think I've ever felt like this, yeah. right? Except for physical therapy, like I, yeah. it's like so interesting. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, totally.
0: So so then all this all this stuff comes like is bubbling up, and I didn't really know it was there before because I didn't really want anything that much, you know. I wasn't really like going hard after anything, but but then I'm into the place where like, and you're gonna be in the place where you are going to PT school, and you're you're gonna be like, this sucks, like. Am I doing this for the money? Am I doing this for the, the success, the, the claim, the whatever? But you can't just like stop studying. And I just, I can't just like, I mean, I could, I could, cause it's not as like central to my whatever, but, but I, you know, I'm not going to just stop until my heart is right. So I'm like struggling yeah. with the, with the decision. If someone feels that way, what, what do you think is the right thing to do to, you know, to like just push through it and, and recognize it as negative emotion, but just do it or like, cause my inclination right now is like, I should just stop everything and just pray. But then, kind of, nothing happens, you know. And I'm like, well, should I just trust God with that? That that's my question. And that's I think that's not going to stop because I think that I will continue to be sanctified for the rest of my life, you know. And <laughs> there will be more and more crap that comes out of me as I continue to do the things that I like to do. So, yeah. What what are your thoughts on that?
2: That this is a direct answer uh, to that question, but yeah. it, it's funny the uh, the like celebrity pastor that uh, phenomenon where I, I feel like there there's been a handful of them who have decided to like step down from yeah. from the pulpit or like from the front of their congregation because they 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 sort of like in a bigger context came face to face with the struggle that you're talking about and they didn't really know how to deal with it nope. except for that like drastic like hey i need to just leave right now i need to take a break sort of gotten in my head or like I don't I can't decipher what my motivations are anymore. Right. And so yeah, that, I don't yeah, that's not the an answer but Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a phenomenon that is not it's not abnormal. Yes. And so yeah, it's yeah, I feel like it's fairly common. And right. So, yeah, it is fascinating.
0: Fe- feeling this way has given me so much more compassion for people that are able to experience a lot of success. Specifically yeah. in the Christian world, but, but it just in general, like anyone who's able to experience an enormous amount of success and remain pure in that way. Yeah. Remain right. pure, like seriously, they like continuing to do it just because they love it or just because it's good for other people and not to do it for the fame, for the acclaim, for the affirmation, the money, the security, all that stuff. Like if somebody can do it, it's, I think it's truly remarkable. Like one of the most miraculous things out there. What do you think, Dan?
1: Oh. Uh. That's yeah, a good question. <laughs> good question. My thoughts on this subject are that it feels kind of like running away. Yeah, stopping whatever you're doing because of it. And I think that it would be hard. This is not a reason to do what I'm about to suggest. I see the logical fallacy in it, but it would be hard to test that unless if you return, and then mm. you return. <laughs> to doing podcasts again, you're like, I didn't clear this thing out, and so yeah, yeah, this is a problem. My solution to it, because I I felt the same thing with physical therapy, like I yeah. really really want it, I really, yeah. for a lot of selfish reasons and a lot of good yeah. reasons, and they they um is to take it really seriously. I don't know. It's like don't drink alcohol because you could get drunk and you could you could end up living a drunken life because of it. Uh, Well, don't play video games. You could get addicted. The answer I don't think is to run away from it. Uh, The answer is to take it a a whole lot more seriously than probably I am or maybe you are. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I don't I don't like stopping the thing. I don't like stopping the thing if it's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. If it's obviously like you're enjoying, right. you started it for the right reason, you're enjoying good things about it, it's, you know, whatever it is, unless if it starts taking over your life, unless if it becomes mm-hmm. like a bona fide addiction and it's causing harm to you, like it's affecting like work or family or personal decisions, then yeah, I right. would say, like stay at it and stay fighting against whatever your negative tendencies are
2: do you feel the same way jake i'm i'm like always like the the pause yeah the like oh well, let me get my heart right uh like I'm, I'm even thinking about it like on like smaller levels yeah Of, yeah. uh, i'm like if i wanted to like edit photos you know mm-hmm. and like the ambition of like getting something done and yeah. i'm not like oh man I really just love the creative process right now Then I have to stop or else mm. uh, if I just like get into that rhythm or get into the, into the grind of editing, then it becomes like heartless to me. I I honestly make more mistakes mm. uh, yeah. with, with the editing process. And then when I go back, uh, you know, after I have a time like that and I go back and look at the photos, I'm like, Oh my gosh. I really don't like the way I edited this. So, I don't know. It, <laughs> right, right, like, right. Small example, but, like, it, it, my motivations and my heart aren't aligned in the right way, then, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll try to pause. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so. I, I don't really know on, like, bigger things, though. Like, it's harder to take a pause on, like, a career or something yeah, like right. that. So, okay. yeah, on, on bigger things, I, I don't think I've, like, stepped back to analyze, like, oh, what's happening. The people that I've seen ha- that have had the most success with being humble and, and being, being able to take a step back and, and to say, hey, I'm not going to let this ambition consume me, are the people who are really good at delegating and who are really good at just giving honor and giving credit and, and letting others sort of step up and lead. I feel like that is always a good indicator of how sustainable their ambition is going to be and how impactful it, it will be. Uh, I'm just looking at like the, the leaders in my life who I have valued or respected the most, and they're always the ones who try to enable others to, to get into the spotlight, so to speak. And so I'm, I'm always like, wow, if if they can do that, that is very impressive, and, and yeah, like I said, su- sustainable. Because I think I think you could have uh, just someone who's really ambitious and really successful. But I think in the end, I, I'm I'm thinking of like like sports and sports and like coaches or like players who are super successful, but then. Something always happens where you're like, oh my gosh, they're actually a little crazy or they're jerks or they become mm, too yeah. powerful and you know right. the team fails or they fail. I don't know. But yeah, mm. I feel like the people who are most successful are the ones who can say, hey, actually, like the credit goes to, to these other people. Yep. It boils down to
0: the question for me is if you're ambitious about something, and the thing that you're ambitious about is sort of given to you by God. It's a task that he's sort of given you. What's, you know, like, I think I've been framing the question as what's more important to God, accomplishing the task or maintaining purity of heart? And I think my answer has been maintaining a purity of heart. Right. Like, that's, that's just what I believe. Like, that just makes the most sense to me that, yeah, I mean, God wants you to have a pure heart. The thing that, the thing that I think... What you said makes me question that answer or even frame the question that way is I'm not sure that no matter what I do, I think I'm not going to be maintaining a purity of heart, whether I do the thing or don't, whether I'm on the on task, I guess, the, the, on the task that God gave me or not, that, that impurity of heart is still there. It's just like the task has kind of brought it up. What you said made a lot of sense to me. Like keep, like keep doing it unless it starts to take over your life. And then the question for me is like, well, how do I know it's taking over my life versus just sort of this nagging problem that I'm kind of dealing with as I as I go through it, you know? Yeah, I think it feels like a it feels like a fear thing. It feels like I'm scared of becoming a bad person. I'm (laughs) I'm scared. I'm scared of I'm scared of ambition and trying hard at something, transforming me into a bad person. and so if i start to if it if it brings up in me or tempts me in a certain way i'm kind of like oh i gotta run away from that ambition that's that's scary because it might it might lead me down a path that makes me bad i don't know and that to me feels like a very crafty way for the enemy to get get somebody off of something that they need to be on Mm -hmm. doing something Mm -hmm. they they need to be doing you know, be like, oh, I don't know. If you, if you, uh, that wasn't good. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you should, maybe you're not headed down the right thing. Or maybe, you know, it's too, it's too scary. It's too dangerous. It's too fraught with, fraught with temptation.
2: That is interesting. Like that, uh, that enemy would definitely want you to, to stop doing it. So, th- yeah. Sure. That's fascinating that it would even be a, he would sort of put a, a, a block in front of you that would, that would be like, hey, Don't don't do this because there's a potential even greater sin ahead of you if you keep pursuing it. Yeah, that's funny.
0: Yeah, he's like leveraging my desire for righteousness against me. Right, 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 right. Yeah, or or not a desire. He's leveraging my fear of unrighteousness. Yeah, It, it can't be a desire that that wouldn't make sense. But it's my fear of unrighteousness. He's leveraging that against me.
2: I I would just say that like we need in the Christian world we need more statements like what you just said of I'm. I'm just afraid of being a bad person.
1: I love that. I
2: love. Right. I love the. I love the simplicity of it. Um, it's not like I don't know. I I feel like if I could sum up my my sinful and righteous actions into just simple statements like that, it, my life would be a whole lot easier. Yeah.
0: You mean just because I said like bad person is the bad person yeah. part of it? Yeah. it? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I I love just the simplicity of it. Yeah. like we, we could talk about all these like fears and motivations but ultimately it's like hey i'm afraid of being a bad person right. oh okay yeah
0: it really feels like to me that what god wants for all of us is to be better people <laughs> yeah and when i think about it like that i don't know yeah it does, it does clarify things but but i do sometimes feel like weird about saying it because i'm like that's that's not a phrase in the bible so should i be talking about myself and my desires yeah. and like this phrase that's not contained in some verse you know
2: well, some there, some there is, like, it. a childlikeness to it, too, yeah, where, right. you know, like, hey, you know, when, when I'm talking to Elliot, I'm just like, hey, I want you to be good right now. Be yeah, good. <laughs> and so sometimes I feel like God is just like, hey, I don't want to overcomplicate things. Just yep. be good. Yeah. Yep. That's fun.
0: Yeah, I think, too, if, I, if I'm asking myself, what would I, if my kid really wanted something, really wanted to accomplish something, and they were experiencing some kind of a... A situation similar where they they just felt like I don't know I don't know if a heart issue would have to be the necessarily analogy or uh but yeah I would just always I think want my kid to push through and to fight through whatever the whatever the the, the challenges that seem to be holding them back or the thing like the insecurity that, that kept them from, from pushing the hardest. Because that that's all it really is for me at this point. It's just an insecurity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, is 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 that what you would? How would you describe your, Dan? Your like waffling of motivation, or or your your questions about your motivation? Like, where where do they really come from?
1: I don't know. I don't know what the the thing is. Uh, that'd probably be good for me to know. <laughs> I would say it has more to do with. I want it for good things and I want it for bad things. Oh, gotcha. And then that makes me nervous that I'm willing to do things that are not good for it. I am willing to sacrifice. Mm. (laughs) I'm I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get it. You know, like I'm, then I'm like, okay, well I want it. So I'm, I'm going to get it. You know, like I'm, I'm going to like do what, what is necessary. And then that steps into the category of, like, ambition being, you know, uh, bad. Mm. For sure. Like, then I'm willing to, you know, like, if I want this for whatever respect, security, freedom, you know, whatever purpose, then I'm like, ah, okay, I want those things. Let's make it happen. And then I'm like, okay. I think that's probably what it is, is, like my motivations are very are like kingdom and cutthroat at the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like yep. you know like i will beat out i'll do whatever it takes for me to beat out the next guy that's something that i don't like you know mm-hmm. i like don't like that mentality but that, that's a like a gross feeling to have during those days that i'm like wanting it for those that, that reason i think that's the i think that's the reason.
0: How similar is that to what you think my reason is?
1: Pretty similar, I guess. Just the way you worded it, it didn't connect with me. So Right, yep. Mm. But yeah, I, I think pretty similar.
0: I mean, it is, it is super tricky because I think you're totally right that there are... America is rife with examples of ambition gone wrong. And people getting lost in the, lost in the pursuit of things of the world. Yeah. Losing sight of what's important. Sacrificing the wrong things for it hurting other people to get what they want and making the world a worse place because of their ambition. That's, that's It's a, it's a tough, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's a tough tie roll from your walk. It just, it's,
1: this is <laughs> maybe this is the darkest we've gotten yet. Yeah.
0: I'm so scared this, this, of it, man. This, I'm so scared is, of it. Like,
2: yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really like the last one that we did together. The, like, do we have it in control or like what happens when bad stuff happens, starts happening to us. I mean, I thought I thought that was pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it felt like you're navigating through the abyss of like the, sure. the unknown. I don't yes. know. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. You're. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah.
2: That, that's what I meant by yeah. Yeah. Characters. Yeah.
0: No. that yeah. You're right. That's fair. Well, it's I. Yeah. It's uh, I. Yeah. I don't know how this stuff will. Play. I. I feel like it's very common for people to talk about their issues in past tense you know like oh last year i was struggling with this thing or that thing i had this issue i had that issue and then god brought me through it and here's what i learned and this feels like a lot more like (laughs) i don't (laughs) this is a current thing and i'm not i'm not quite sure exactly what the answer is uh and i don't have figured out and solved or whatever which i I feel like is i don't know (laughs)
2: If people were honest, that's
0: what. Yeah, that's. Well, I, yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah,
0: I feel so. like it's a little more.
2: I I would rather listen to because I feel
0: like when when I look back at things, probably that I've gone through, the, the experience that I recall is not exactly the experience that actually happened. Um, <laughs> you know, right. You know. Oh yeah. My sure. description of it certainly is very different than what actually happened. Yeah. From the victorious future, you know. So yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not as real of a thing when it's when you're talking about it in the past tense, but right. But yeah, this was, this was helpful. I, I do I do think you guys are right. I think you're right. I think that it uh, I just, it still makes me nervous though to to think about like the <laughs> you know just the that that purity of heart thing is is really I've got something I've got something to work through with that. Yeah, because I think I have kind of felt too that God would look upon. Like, yeah, my belief has been that God would look upon someone who does that, who steps back from the photo editing and says, I'm going to prioritize, you know, my connection with you, the position of my heart in this task. And that he would kind of look on that with favor and sort of bless that even supernaturally in certain cases
1: Mm -hmm. or just or just
0: or even just naturally, like you'll be a better if it's especially if it's a creative endeavor, you'll be better at that from from a healthy place, a good place. And I have kind of believed that, but um, I feel like I need to balance that out. But that, that is some of the justification that I've had for it, too, is I'm like, well, God wants us all to be, you know, prioritizing him and righteousness, you know, above the, the tasks of the earth, that kind of thing. But there is a certain balance because you, you will just get if, if my standard was I have to be perfect in order to accomplish anything. in the oh, world, yeah. then You know, oh, I would not accomplish sure. anything. So,
2: yeah, that what? was going to be my
1: question was how do yeah. you how do you do it, deal with it with like? a bigger decision in your life because then it's you know like if I'm doing if I'm playing Halo with Justin and I get pissed off because he killed me then I can I can like pretty easily yeah like distance myself but if I'm playing Settlers of Catan then Rage Quit no I'm definitely sticking through that game (laughs) right
0: (laughs) so Settlers of Catan is the big is the big decision in your life and Halo (laughs) is the little yeah okay as
1: big as it gets yeah.
0: <laughs> Anything you bet your salvation on?
1: Oh, uh, definitely wouldn't bet my salvation on it. I'm, I'm gonna be so boring in this section. <laughs> let we talk about like Jesus rising from the dead. I'm gonna be such a boring commenter on the section.
0: Once again, once again, Demet is the point. The entire purpose. <laughs> the entire purpose of it is to draw, is to draw attention to the fact that most people my, myself included have spoken about things with such confidence and such assurance and it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous to be so confident so assured of lots of the things that get said even about god or even about spirituality or relationship with him you know the whole point of it is i for me is to remind myself that even though i might say some things that i really believe to at the end of the day say there's only a few things that i'm absolutely certain about and you know jesus rising from the dead would be would be on that list for sure, uh, but but that, that, that is remember that is sort of the point of the exercise uh, is to <laughs> to recognize that yeah that we just I I think for myself I I would have been a better person throughout my life if I would have been a lot less sure of of many many more things that I've told people and said and taught.
2: Well, yeah, and so it's I, just I, fun I to say it. things. It, it's fun to say things that you're like sure of, and that you're like, "Yeah, i would bet my salvation on this." But of
0: course, of course.
2: <laughs> yep. Do it. Do it for the sake of fun. <laughs> Betting your salvation.
0: I don't. I don't mind you being the guy that remembers that that uh, there's very few things to be that sure about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the irony is that Dan actually plays the 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 straight man on this.
0: Yeah, that is that is the irony.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, this is a one portion of the podcast where I will take you the most literal. Like, I will not bet myself. Yeah. this.
0: I would bet my salvation that one way to describe what we're on the earth to do is to bring heaven to earth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna do, if we're
2: <laughs> if we're gonna do that, then. <laughs> oh man, yeah. There wasn't like one. We, we didn't have a lot of like definitive statements. In this discussion, so yeah, maybe we didn't explicitly say this, but just the overall theme, I would bet my salvation that I need to, I need to, on some consistent basis, reevaluate my motivations and to figure out if my if my ambitions are aligning with with God's.
0: That's a better one. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, it's a good practice.
0: Dan, did you feel like this conversation was at all helpful? Yeah, definitely. You did? Okay, cool. Wow.
1: That's good. I definitely
0: did. Nice. Alright, thanks guys.
1: Uh, before I get off, did this help you? Did you did you have the same question? Yeah, I did.
0: Yep. I think I have to trust myself more. And I guess trust God more, I guess. I should be able to trust the God of the universe to like convict me when he needs to, you know. It does help. Yeah, it it helps. All right. Nice. Thanks, guys. It's a good one.
2: Oh, yeah. Sweet. We'll see.
0: Ya. see ya. All right, as promised, we're going to continue our debate from last week, where we are comparing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse with The Dark Knight. We wanted to give Dan an opportunity to lay out his full case as to why he thinks it is better than The Dark Knight, and therefore the best superhero movie of all time. If you have not seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, we will be sharing many spoilers, so go watch it first, then come back and listen to it. If you have not watched The Dark Knight, I don't really know what to say. Dan, I really do want I mean, I know we said it last week, but I really would like for you to try to talk me into the Spider Man movie being better than The Dark Knight. I think you left yeah. before you get before you got your, your time to time to shine. We watched it again for the second time this weekend. And so I'm I'm even I'm even fresher now than I was last okay. time. Oh wow. It's great. It's so great. I mean it's so good.
1: What did you think of, of it after the second time?
0: I liked it more I think but that might have been we were having some weird thing with our with our tv it was doing this weird thing where like the dialogue was really quiet and then like the music and the action was really loud and so I was having constantly changing the volume and really couldn't hear the dialogue so I liked it more the second time because I caught a lot more of like the quips or the jokes or whatever or like Mm. the adult the adult pixar little like one-liners that you never you know you wouldn't notice just the movie so and I thought it was just as I guess it's kind of rare to me that a movie lands in the same way twice on the second rewatch. Yeah. But but I felt just as inspired and just as kind of, like, moved. Yeah, heroes are awesome. Kids, you know, I want kids to feel like they're heroes. I want to feel like a hero. <laughs> like, whatever. You know, like, he, he has a little monologue at the end where he's like, we can all wear the mask or something. Like, you can wear the mask. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. this is great. You know, and then the Stan Lee quote of, like, everyone who does – you know, I don't know, does things for others or something, is a true hero or something. So I felt, I, I liked it just as much. I felt like the, the message landed just as much, and I picked up more on the, the quick adult humor, which made me enjoy it more.
1: So... Well, well,
0: well which is, I mean, just, what did you like about it so much?
1: It's just so much fun, like, the whole way through. Like, I don't know if the longevity matters. This this is maybe going to be the cornerstone of my argument. Is I don't know if longevity matters with a movie, because uh, if you're going to bring it to a desert island, let's say that let's say the scenario is you you can pick you know the Dark Knight or Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and you you only get one for the rest of your life, you're going to freaking hate both of these movies <laughs> by ten years in.
0: That's like, not yeah. That's never how I assess movies. I think that's a weird way. Yeah. I think like desert island thing is like a weird. Measuring stick to
1: use. So my argument is just that the experience was better with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and I'm not. So my I think the flaw the flaw is maybe that I have seen The Dark Knight like ten times or whatever I don't know however Mm -hmm. many times. So it's hard to remember that initial experience. (laughs) I remember it being good. You know, like I remember being like floored by the, by it. But I, it wasn't as just wasn't, I don't think it was as fun. I think it was maybe more stimulating and they both have like the X factor of like what I look for in a movie or a game or a book is kind of imagination, like just, just pure Mm -hmm. imagination. And I think how I define that is by myself, kind of like while I'm watching the movie saying like what the heck is going on right now like how <laughs> I don't understand but in like a very curious way like I'm excited to you know see what they do next with it and I th- yeah I think that I think they just captured mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, I yep. think they captured it like with their animation with like their sound in all spectrums like I think they hit like a 95 in all spectrums where with Gotham city, you can only be so, I mean, you know, it's a dark city that's kind of grungy (laughs) or Mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, like Gothic inspired. And so even the mundane was able to be toyed with by like freeze framing for a couple extra seconds or adding in like three different screens, for Spider-Man Falling or what have mm-hmm. you, yep. I was also surprised multiple times by the movie. Mm-hmm. I was not surprised at some of the twists, but I was also surprised at some of the twists, which kept me guessing long enough. So, like, which it,
0: one? Which one surprised you?
1: And I would say they were more the minor, more of the minor things. My favorite was the the spin kick where he drops. Peter B. Parker or Peter Peter Parker, mm-hmm. you know, like where he catches him and then he lets him go. I wasn't expecting that at all during that scene, and I was like, ah, that's good. Like I was I was expecting like a conversation or a talk or something. I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. him to be able to take control of that situation.
2: Uh, I was actually pretty surprised that they didn't bring back the the Peter Parker and uh, Miles universe. I I thought for sure they would try to bring him back to life. Mm. Mm. And so yeah, I was, was like surprising. Yeah, I was pretty impressed that they just left that Peter Parker to to be dead. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, it was definitely also, one of those moments where you were like where I was definitely trying to figure out for 2 minutes afterwards like how is, is wait, how how are they going to He's definitely not dead, so like how are they going to bring him back, you know, or like what's the is he going to like climb out of the rubble or you know what a Right. It was one of those, like, yeah, I was definitely not... I just didn't believe it for two minutes until they just kind of went to the next scene, and then I was like, oh, I guess... Oh.
2: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought the uncle being uh, one of the villains, that wasn't, like, super shocking to me when it happened, but I, I thought they played it off pretty well. mm mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like it wasn't super shocking, but at the same time, you weren't you you were still sort of uh, taken back by it. And I think that the scene in the alleyway when when he dies re- really brings it home too. Impacts the emotional punch that the an emotional twist that like the actual plot plot quote unquote twist uh, did not, because you you were sort of anticipating it.
0: Yeah, and that scene. The only thing I wish is I wish he would not have died three seconds after realizing that Miles I, was Spider Man. Yeah. I wish they would have, let, you know, said had a little bit of dialogue or something, and they would have connected or something over some way. But it was it was almost too sudden to me to be like, oh, yeah. you know, he knows it's Miles, and then he's like shocked, and then he makes the right choice and lets him go. But then he, I don't know, it was almost too fast. I, I would have liked for them to yeah to drag that a little bit more, but pretty solid. I
1: also think the movie is more understated than i gave it credit for originally like i think the themes of family and um kind of like growth or or like self-discovery are baked into a whole lot more of the context of the movie than and even just like the shots of the movie like at the very end like it's you know, it would be implausible for his dad to be at the scene of him and, um, what's the big dude's name? Kingpin. Him and Kingpin. You know, like, it's super implausible for him to be there. But the whole context of that scene is that he learned, he learned the move from his uncle. You know, the hay move where he places his hand on Kingpin's shoulder. You know, he sees his dad. You know, like, there's just, like, a whole lot more... Like it was done. It was all done for a reason, you know, like everything fits together nicely, which I wasn't expecting from the movie at all. I was expecting Mm -hmm. just lots of animation and like lots of like surprises, but I wasn't expecting a lot of tricks from it. Like there's a scene where they tie everything together. Like at first I was confused why a bunch of spider people came through the portal. And then, you know, on the second watching, I was like, oh, like Peter Parker's face was jammed into the black hole. So that's what grabbed everybody. Like, it's just so much more of a coherent movie than I was expecting. I also don't care about acting like like Jake's fetish.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that that's probably going to be your biggest battle to climb. But if you're trying to avoid that battle <laughs> altogether, then <laughs> good for you. Um, because I... I think what what Justin said last time, too, is that the Dark Knight transcends the genre, and so I think that's what you're going to have to convince us about Spider-Man, is that I'm not... I'm not convinced... Yeah, I'm definitely not convinced that it transcends the superhero genre. You you might be able to make an argument that neither does the Dark Knight, but I, I did not go... At least my initial viewing, I did not leave that movie, thinking that I saw a superhero movie. I mm-hmm. thought I saw a movie like an amazing movie, mm-hmm. and so yeah that i that's what you're gonna have to get, convince me of um conservative
1: Jake not wanting wanting to stick at, stay stay out of the boxes. I'm <laughs> totally okay with being a superhero movie like I'm totally fine with. It being within inside the framework,
2: so so then you you can make the there's so many different levels of how we can like try to gauge which one is better, but then I I think you could win the argument based on what movie, yeah, what movie accomplishes their goal better, and I think maybe you'll be able to win me over with Spider Man if we're going by that criteria. But if I were. Uh, oh, if there's, I to, there's no doubt. If I was to just like objectively like look at like every type of cinematic element, I think The Dark Knight would, would end up uh, edging it out. So,
1: like, my question would be the movie is, is like a bold, simple statement, and it has a lot of techniques and tricks underneath everything. Regardless of that, I think that it's just something that's simple for not even for simplicity's sake, like Harry Potter, for instance, can be as engaging or do as much good maybe in the world as something with a more subtle flavor. So I think that often in critiques, we kind of like go for classic literature and I don't know, like I think Harry Potter will probably stick around for the rest of time, but it's not complex. It's not like there's nothing, you know, it's basically just running around at Hogwarts in the surrounding area, right? Fighting, fighting wizards. But I would argue yeah, it's tough. It's, I guess that we would have to define like what we mean by better movie,
2: right?
0: Let Let me respond to your uh, to your first point because I, I I like talking about movies in that, I mean you can get kind of I don't know what the right word is artistic or high minded or pretentious about the craft of the movie, but if you're just talking about like you described you you just found it more enjoyable of an experience, right? Yeah. So like, and and you said a big part of that was. You were in the middle of the movie, like, what is going on because of the creativity or, like, kind of the shock value or the.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it just kept me guessing and Mm -hmm. on all senses.
0: Yeah, okay. So I would say, like, for me, The Dark Knight's most enjoyable. Like, the moment, the moment where I was, where I literally thought to myself in the theater, this is the best movie I've ever seen. And I love this movie, In The Dark Knight, was when his girlfriend blows up and dies. That was the moment where I was like, I've never I don't think I've ever seen this kind of thing happen before in a movie where the villain has everyone so like discombobulated and, and it really it really feels like at that moment that like I genuinely actually felt that the villain was winning and had a decent chance to win at that point because everything was going according to his plan, like the good guys had no idea what was going on, they were running around like chickens with their head cut off and the like the girl died, which just doesn't happen. At that moment I was like Okay, this movie has shocked me more than any movie before, and I was not expecting that from a, what, I, what I expected going in to be a pretty traditional superhero movie. That, that, that whole sequence, it just discombobulated me as, as an audience member. And I so I, th- there, was no, there was nothing close to that in terms of what I was like, what's going on, what's going to happen in the, in the Spider-Man movie? And I found that really enjoyable, which is why I would probably say that I enjoyed the experience watching The Dark Knight more.
1: So maybe Jake would. I don't know. What? Do you, how do you feel about that argument?
2: Yeah, I'm. I think Justin First, and I are probably looking at it from different perspectives too. And so I'm. I'm probably viewing it more just uh, holistically, just like what every every aspect of the movie, and then I'm just combining every aspect, and then just saying, "All right, what's the cumulative score <laughs> that I'm going to give it." Based on every aspect, but I mean that the the story structure is pretty unique in in the Dark Knight because it's playing more off of a like a detective, yeah, like neo noir type of theme, and so I think that's pretty engaging. That's pretty like I don't know the the mystery of it. In terms of just like the plot and storyline, I would say Dark Knight. I I would probably give the edge to. I would oh, say. God. Yeah, that's all. Okay. I'm gonna win. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say in terms of though, that like the the dialogue and how the dialogue was written, I, I would give that portion over to uh, Spider Man. Sure. There, there are some certain lines in the Dark Knight that are pretty uh, cringy, and so and yeah, just some of the, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like any time that we get away from the the Joker, uh, that that that's how you could sell me away from the Dark Knight. Is that whenever we do get away from the Joker, that the movie does seem to it can't really find itself consistently. That would be my only knock against The Dark Knight.
1: The reason I ask that question, and I think I'll, I think I would ask it to you, Justin, as well, is like I don't think that you've really, with that statement, then convinced me that you that it transcends superhero movies. Because you were still, were, that's still like a framework for a superhero movie, is that the bad guy can win. Mm. Like, there's plenty of movies around where the bad guy, that I go in, and like, there's ambiguity, but then the bad guy comes out on top. And I I think that there's like that extra shock value was because of it being Batman.
2: I think that almost proves his case and that it does transcend the, the genre because you do. I, I think it's natural to go into Batman, who is a superhero and expect a superhero movie. And then when it flips the themes and the motifs on, on its head, then I think that's why we're saying it does transcend the, the genre is because you go in with the superhero expectations and then it, it, it manipulates those. But then it's, yeah, and... still, it's still playing the game, though. Uh, no, I mean, you're playing the game, but the, the movie isn't playing the game. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Why it's
1: surprising is because it has all these tropes that it's messing around with.
2: I, I don't know if they, they were doing that intentionally, though. Mm, does that matter? well, it matters based on like the expect either the audience expectation versus the like what the filmmaker is actually trying to do. I think the Nolan Brothers were just trying to make a really good movie, uh, regardless of it being a superhero movie. And so they had those type of like like twists and turns that you would find in like a classic like neo noir. Like detective and investigative movie, and so the the superhero expectations I feel like were were all just brought on ninety five percent of them were brought on by the audience
0: the, the reason why I think it transcends the genre the most is because because the focus of the movie is clearly not on Batman, he's not the initiator, he's not the i mean he's just not the main character, you know, and part of what makes the whole I would say that the the entire objective of the movie is to help you understand the Joker, is to introduce you to him, help you understand him, get to know him. And then kind of it was like a sideshow because you have to have a plot. Batman's like running around trying to stop him in the midst of you as the audience getting to know the Joker. And so I felt like more, more so the movie was an ex- exploration of somebody who's, you know seriously twisted or messed up or demented or whatever and to me it almost played more like a like a silence of the lambs mm. kind of thing rather than a superhero movie because the whole time you're just trying to like it, it is it, i mean like jake said it's like a detective yeah. movie you know and the focus of a detective movie is not as much the detective it's the it's the villain which is i think why i liked it so much because batman's the whole time trying to understand who is this guy you know and they do it with the scenes where he like tells him i got the scar got the scars. And all the ways he's just playing games the whole time, and you're just kind of always asking yourself, "Well, why is this guy doing this?" You know, especially after it starts with a bank robbery, and you're like, "Oh, he's doing this because he wants money." But then he it clearly, you know, gets revealed that he's actually just kind of messing with the mob and trying to change the crime scene. But then you're like, "But maybe he still wants money." But then he burns it. To me, like the I don't I don't know if, I don't know if people generally like this scene, but I feel like the movie, I mean, almost could have ended for me. Like if it was gonna be like No Country of Old Men or something, it could have ended oh, with yeah. Alfred explaining the the guy the the guy in the desert or whatever that they were hunting, you know, when he with. was robbing jewels. Yeah. In like the Batman basement or whatever, right? You know, he's trying to understand him. He's like Batman's trying to think about how to stop him, and and Alfred's like, some men have no motive or whatever. Some right. men just want to see the world burn. And at that moment, I feel like the movie could have ended. Because yeah. at that moment you kind of understand, oh, this is yeah, this is the Joker. And from that moment, I think the movie gets worse. It's you know, it's it's still fine, whatever. It's a fine ending, I think it's okay. But right. for me, that was like, oh yeah, this is that's the movie.
2: Yeah,
0: like there isn't a he's just a, he's just a guy who wants to watch the world burn. He gets he gets pleasure out of it. And you know, that's not how superhero movies play. First of all, you're not really you don't really care about the villain because the villain's motive doesn't particularly matter because the movie's about the good guy stopping them, saving sure. the world, and the villains. Motives generally makes a lot of sense and it's pretty intuitive. Like he wants wealth, he wants power. Those are those are kind of usually the two.
1: That would that would I mean, if they had done that, that would convince if, me that it transcends.
0: If it would have ended on that on that note,
1: yeah. That that. <laughs> I mean, that seems like because you still have the ending where the boats sure. don't blow up and he catches the Joker and mm-hmm. you know like. Maybe the Joker still wins, but, I mean, the bad the bad guy was still caught, you know? Like, there, right. there was losses along the way, but Batman still gets to be pacifist and not kill him. <laughs> I mean, he still gets to, like, be the Dark Knight, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, so I that doesn't bother me because essentially for me, like I'm asking the question, which, which is which movie did I enjoy more? And that whole journey, and and entering it having one expectation and coming out with a very different one, and feeling you know feeling genuinely surprised when the girl blows up, and then feeling also genuinely surprised to realize that this movie that I I care more about the Joker as a character than mm. Batman, and that it feels like the movie's about him and being genuine like I was genuinely impressed and surprised with who the villain was and what he was about and like it, it just caught me off guard and, and I, I didn't even realize how much throughout the movie I was genuinely like what is going on like what does he want why, why is he doing this you know <laughs> and that that feeling of of genuinely being lost in the movie like you said like just I don't know what's going on like what is happening here and then to have it I thought they really effectively nailed that part of the movie of just who is the joker what's he want what's he doing oh here it is and it makes sense and it clicks and you're like wow that's that's actually a really a really cool way to do a villain
2: yeah. uh so
0: that that feeling throughout the movie gave me a lot more enjoyment than than spider-man because I, I like that feeling like spider-man it's much more predictable and i would say that the things that they did to keep you on your toes or bend convention or be creative were not nearly as for me they, did, they didn't land as effectively as as all those things about the dark knight
2: sure I I think you could definitely sell me that Spider Man is the best Marvel movie, or like within the compared to like all the Marvel. That shouldn't even be on the table. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Wait. What? What? What would you say to that, Justin?
0: Yeah, it's. uh, I think it's number two for sure.
2: Ooh, number two. What? What would be number one?
0: Oh no so- sorry I I'm talking yeah I, oh. I was thinking all superhero movies yes oh, that okay. that would be my favorite Marvel movie so yeah okay, it would be number sure. 2 on my list overall and number 1 on my <laughs>
1: Marvel yeah. list
2: Okay so so yeah at least we can yeah we we all agree on that so that's good
1: I was never going to go to bat for Thor Ragnarok being better than Dark Knight cuz I I feel like
2: <laughs> oh my gosh
1: I feel like uh you know Spider-Man and Dark Knight are pretty close in my head, Sure, but I can see, you know, like, (laughs) I can see the flaws in Thor Ragnarok much Mm -hmm. more clearly, but I just feel like it was a better executed Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man, where Mm -hmm. they just, like, you know, Thor Ragnarok was, like, all about the 80s aesthetic and kind of, like, this weird dystopian Hunger Games future... And it was just like, they swung and they missed a lot, but they swung and they hit a lot of home runs. uh, I think as well. Right.
0: Yeah, I I think for me, where Thor Ragnarok would fall well below those two is that movie never convinced me there were real stakes in the in the movie. You know, but like so obviously, The Dark Knight is not funny, and so it it was not that was easy for me to convince me that it had there were real stakes. But the Spider-Man movie was funny and lighthearted, but also it really convinced me there were there were real stakes and I really cared what happened. Thor was lighthearted and funny, but it didn't convince me there were stakes yeah. And so yeah. for me, Thor Ragnarok's gonna fall fall below them because I if I'm gonna really like a movie, it's gonna be because I care about what's happening more so than just being entertained. So that's something I think Spider-Man did great. Like somehow it did it did, it had this really deft balance between it's a teenage kid, you know, and he's navigating early, you know adolescence or puberty or whatever and it was goofy and quirky and kids movie but at the same time I really really man when they're fighting in that reactor thing I'm really hoping that everybody gets to go back in in the <laughs> to their world you know <laughs> I'm hoping oh. that you know Peter B. Parker gets to go back to Mary Jane and patch up his marriage and that he doesn't have to stay behind because mm-hmm. Miles can't do it or whatever like mm-hmm. I, care, I cared about him you know and they're just animated little figures but I didn't care at all about the characters in <laughs> Thor Ragnarok so <laughs> no. Which is which is funny to me to realize, because uh, I thought I liked Thor Ragnarok. I mean, when I saw it, I liked it. Yeah, but Spider Man sort of blows it out of the water in that in that sense.
1: Anyways, we've been talking for an hour and eleven minutes.
0: Yeah, cool. See you guys. We'll See you guys. Bye. Chat. Bye. That's all for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't yet, my one ask for you this week would be to follow us on Facebook or Instagram and start to engage with us more. We are always looking for topic ideas that we can discuss. We have started putting out a few different polls and questions that we would like to hear your answers from to kind of prepare us for certain topics that we are going to be discussing. Please do that. It's a lot of fun for us, and hopefully it'll be fun for you and you can get something out of it. We will see you again next week where we're going to be talking about energy how to have more energy in this extremely draining thing we call parenting so you can look forward to that and we will see you next week